a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. I'm back doing another episode of Where Are They Now? I love these episodes. For those of you who hadn't heard these before, I'll recap. As you know, I coach a lot of people. And of course, you have heard me coaching people live on this podcast with my Coaching with Kimmy episodes. And I also have a ton of clients who I send off into the world after coaching with them. And it's so amazing and rewarding when I hear countless success stories and read all these emails that I get of previous clients updating me on how their life has improved and often how they find love, which you are going to hear today. I'm so excited about who I have today. So I I do these Where Are They Now episodes to inspire and motivate you by hearing what happens to people after I work with them, whether that is on the podcast or working with them over time as clients. And I hope you listen to these and get inspired by people's successes and know that success can can happen to you too, even during quarantine, even in the hard times, and it all starts with a call. So today I am bringing on a special woman whose journey started with hopping on a call with me. I cannot believe this. I was like backtracking. It's been about five years and I was telling her in some ways it's felt like a long time and other ways it's gone by fast. And she was referred to me um, by a friend whom I helped, and she also had been listening to my podcast. And she decided to invest in coaching with me because she wanted to be in a relationship, but she, you know, she just didn't have a lot of dating experience and was really having a hard time picking the right men for her. She also was more introverted. She didn't focus on, you know, being sexy or feminine. That was kind of an enigma for her, and knew that her encounters online were intellectual, and sometimes they got a little boring. So flirting was pretty much non-existent. Um, she had been contemplating working with me for a while. And, you know, by the time she picked up that phone for the first time to talk with me, she was in a place where she was just ready. And she knew she was scared when it came to dating and felt like because of that fear, she was pushing men away as a defense. And she was wondering if that was happening. And other things we discovered on that call together was that she tended to be a little black and white in the way that she was thinking about things. She's very analytical in nature. Sometimes because of the lack of progress in her dating life, she carried some negative energy. She wasn't sure about her body language. So there was a lot of things that we had to uncover together. And after doing a ton of work with various programs of mine, she started Dating of a Storm. She bought a ton of dresses, which she never thought would happen, <laughs> and was embracing her feminine side. And she started to learn how to date differently and not be so, quote unquote, picky after gaining experience and learning the qualities to look for. And her openness, and this is what we really uncovered together, her openness and new sense of sexy confidence really helped her attract this new, amazing man into her life. And I am happy to announce 
drum roll. She got engaged. I'm so excited. So welcome, Liz. Are you there? I am. Hi. What a Hi. wonderful intro. Oh my God. It, it was so fun to go back in time. <laughs> I mean, do you remember that woman that I described? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, tell me about her. Let, let's start there. Like, you know, like we can just push rewind and that moment when we first encountered each other, like what was life like? Um, well, I definitely had realized that I was the common denominator in um, several of these dating relationships. And the thing that struck me was I listened to one of your podcast episodes. It may not have an you may have been a guest on some, some other episode or, mm. uh, and it was the five dating archetypes. And I finished that episode thinking, OMG, I'm all five. This is what the <laughs> heck. Wow. I do remember that. I do remember. And for those of you listening, you're not sure. I do have an episode. It's the dating archetypes. There's five of them. And so, yes, continue. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So then I realized, holy crap, it's, it's, this is not a unique situation to me. And randomly I talked to my friend who had gotten engaged and she said, you know what? I used a dating coach. And I said, it's not this person named Kim, is it? And lo and behold, it was. So I, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you remembered that, by the way. Okay, go. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so, okay, I couldn't believe someone I know in my circles actually was using this person. Kim, I thought you're the celebrity podcaster person. And yet my friend um, used you too. And that was a testament to that. Now, for me, I'm definitely more um, cautious about these things. Absolutely. You described me being analytical. I had tried a matchmaking service that shall not be named. That was terrible, mm -hmm. actually a couple of them. And of course I was very gun shy about what, um, this, what you could do. And so I do remember the initial encounters we had for folks listening I argued with her with on everything she was telling me because I had I felt like I had done that analysis. I'd done that. Here's my conclusion. Here's my outcomes. ABC. Uh, and at the same time, I think what Kim was able to do was reach into her very very toolkit, and she was able to say things to me in a way that were rebuttals in a way that my perfect analysis actually had missed. And so she did give me some thinking points um, to consider that kind of shut me up a little bit and made me think and realize that one. Two, think, I think Kim, what I really appreciated is you gave me homework that was practical, mm -hmm. actionable, me being the eager beaver type. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go do these things. And they were, I didn't know it at the time, but in checking with my friend, it was tailored to me and my needs. It's not like I, I, I didn't, I was not a cookie cutter person for you. You really tailored all the various skills you had for what I needed. And um, so, yeah, folks, I think really that was my journey in building trust with you in general and, and just people in general. And um, I really 
saw that you wanted to help and you could hone in on the issues I was having. So, yeah. Oh my God. I, I love that recap. It's so funny that, you know, how we remember different aspects, you know, of things. And I really appreciate that you just said that. Cause I think this is a hard thing. You know, a lot of times when people are thinking about changing aspects of their love life and, um, taking a hard look at what they can do to change, you know, it, it, to entrust somebody in, into that yeah. process is a big thing. And so I, and I knew you needed that time. Um, and that's what is like, everyone needs to do things at their own pace, but often too, there, there comes a point where people need a little push into the, at least the shallow end, you know, not into the deep end, but just yeah. to get the feet wet. And I think that's what we did together, you know, as we yeah. kind of walked, you know, in the puddles and then, <laughs> then you took the plunge and you started really working. Well, but do you, so do you remember like that woman who I was describing where like, maybe you can share how you were dating before. Like what, what was like kind of the, the things that weren't working? There were so many previous versions of the me that thought I was going to try something new. And the one version was like, for those of you that might remember that really old show now, Seinfeld, he would go on these dates with women and he would have excuses for every one of them being wrong. Man hands, low talker, Right. And I think that was me at one phase, not enough hair, too much hair, too short, too tall. Um, and, and so sometimes it's warranted like, okay, you really don't look like your picture. And at the same time, why rush to just completely close that door? Um, that was one phase. The other phase was, I can't remember which archetype it is, but it is the, I'm going to task orient this, my dating life, just like I am um, uh, execution oriented in other parts of my life. So, Oh, the list lady, you are making yes. a list. Making a list yes. of, do you have these attributes? I will go on X number of dates per week, which means my funnel above that has to be like 30 <laughs> swipes right <laughs> before that. And, and all that, all that. So I've done that before. Um, and I think all of it, the two things I have learned is one love and that connection, that initial connection can't be formulated out um, for me at least. And then two, I think one thing that was, I did realize that the, um, the excuses for like why this person isn't right. And after two dates, no, mm -hmm. it is, it's self-protectionism yeah. and being afraid of vulnerability, less so around what if, well, a little bit of if, what if I get projected? Gosh, mm -hmm. I'm, I achieve everything else in my life, but rejection, what's that feeling or two, but really it's, it's about being hurt. What if I really end up really liking this person and I get ghosted on, mm -hmm. on just a first dinner date, or I get ghosted after several dates. So there's that fear because that feeling is icky and sucky. Um, and so I think one thing that was really helpful that you gave me was like, have fun. You talk about people like 
academically, we might have advanced degrees, but we are in like nursery school or kindergarten <laughs> or elementary school with dating. And um, starting first with Spanish, like como esta, you know, I can't, I can't have a professional job in an international language. How could I expect to suddenly date and be engaged in like six months? So I love yeah. all that you just said. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were the quintessential, what I call like PhD dater. Like, you know, you're going through, like you're in the PhD program when you hadn't even gone to kindergarten, you know, yeah. and, and learning how to play on the playground and swinging on the swings and, and being okay with that. And I think, you know, I'd love for you to talk about, because when I think about being playful, that that's where the flirting comes in and that feminine kind of flair that we worked on with you. Can you tell, talk more about like how you felt back then with all that? Oh yeah. That's probably another persona, which is the being feminine equals just going backwards by 40 years. Gosh, Kim, <laughs> why are you telling me to do this? I, you know, we burn bras for this. Um, <laughs> I, right. So I think understanding being comfortable in my skin and being able to do things that still from a clothing perspective made me feel comfortable by the way i'm always cold and so that was one of my challenges and just what are small changes that i can make that i don't feel vulnerable about um but that have these weird impacts on the other party like you talk about the color red or maybe mm-hmm. a V-neck shirt where, where there's something around the V. And I said, okay, heck, those are things I can try out, whatever. And miraculously, it was like, bada bing. Wow. Okay. There's <laughs> all, <laughs> what? Okay. I just wore a shirt differently. What? And I think I didn't have to play dumb or mm. discount things. Um, I think if anything, it created the opportunity for that person to continue to begin engage with me and to want to listen and learn. And I think going into the, with that have fun, positive attitude, which granted for the first few bits, it was a little fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, uh, AB testing for, for some of those in tech, like, whoa, okay. That thing that Kim was really trying to convince me to work and that I fought fought her on it actually did work okay weird (laughs) I know and I I just I I had those moments in my head with when you had the boxing gloves on and just (laughs) I mean with all fun and and care as we would go through it to the point where we actually went shopping together. And I, I know that that was a progression because you had stalled <laughs> on that, right? Like at first yeah. it was like, no, I just need to like work on the inner dialogue and, and, and let's do it like mathematically and intellectually. Yeah. And so I met you there, which was fine. But then eventually, you know, helping you just be more in your body and knowing yeah. that being feminine with the way that you dress, the way that you act, isn't dumbing down either that you can be a smart intellectual woman and be fun and flirty in your red dress. And, you know, and, and one that 
speaks to you and your style, you know, like you don't have to be Marilyn Monroe and you can be you in the style that works for you, but getting used to being in a dress like that. I I'll never forget those moments, Liz, when we were in the dressing room and I like made you put on some of those dresses. You're like, okay, Kim. And then you would put it on and you're like, okay, I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I think a lot of that too, and that you help work on and are sensitive to is your family of origin, one's family of origin and whether it's culture, ethnicity, or just family dynamics, how does that shape um, my own body image? Because in the past, when I was in my twenties and did wear a dress on a warm summer day, it was weird to be stared at. I felt stared at and I was like, what, What, what's going on? And I think that probably I carried that sort of I don't know where the shame comes from necessarily, but like, what, why are you giving me attention? Like attention's bad. Mm. Um, and just hiding that more under baggy clothing, um, and focusing more on the brainiac part. But I, I do agree. Like you put stuff out there that's like, Hey, you're going to get attention, but I think I'm a little bit more mature now. And yeah, okay. I'm getting stared at. And no, it doesn't mean I'm going to get attacked around the corner in broad daylight or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I think it continues to add to one's areas of confidence. One may have intellectual or academic confidence and, um, it's just like, whoa, it's, it's another contributor to that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned about the family of origin and cultural background. Can you speak to that? Because this is so many people that I work with are from different cultures. And I don't think it's talked about enough in ways of how that impacts, you know, just even your dating life and things that we discovered along the way. Yeah, um, I would say that my uh, family of origin is a, I think it's a dual combo. Um, I'm first generation uh, East Asian American. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then there was an aspect in certain periods of our lives where we were brought up super religious. So it's a one-two combo there of like how femininity is defined and wow. um, how much do you show yourself and what does sexuality mean? And is it always very, it, sometimes it was just very black and white messaging. Like, ooh, like desire, lust could be shameful and attraction is going to always lead down to this horrible, scary path. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Super important (laughs) because that those were some of the things that kept coming up, I think, subconsciously. And then as we were working together, I, I think it like surprised you to know, like, just it was really old programming and things that you were battling from when you were growing up, but where you wanted to go. And I think, um, also that notion of, of hiding, it wasn't just the femininity piece. You would talk a little bit about the vulnerability and like, um, expressing yourself in emotions, because Mm -hmm. remember back then that was also, when I first met you, that was super triggering and scary for you. Absolutely. And it's funny because when I talk with some other friends that might come from like a European background or they're multi-generation folks that live in the United States, they're like, yeah, at the dinner table, we just all were talking our mind and 
had dialogues about things and other folks though, like my friend's husband and similar to us, it's like you, you speak more when you're spoken to Mm. and it's, it's more quiet. And, and I absolutely have reflected on that and how that might contribute to then with regards to owning who you are and having that confidence shine through. You've mentioned before having a cab light on Mm -hmm. and sometimes um, cab lights and families of origin are looked down upon or uh, the the nail that stands out gets hit by the hammer. So um, that's also very important for folks to just kind of process as they, yeah. as they think about their journey with you. Yeah. And also how how you can communicate some of that stuff. You know, I think yeah. for you, finding your voice was yeah. so beautiful to watch because I I know that that was hard for you to say how you feel and, um, not worrying about what other people think of, of that, or, you know, that it's not okay to do that because that's, that was just that programming that you had, but knowing that that was an essential part of a relationship and that communication piece has been huge for you. So, um, Absolutely. and I know now that you're in a relationship, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> it's even more crucial. Um, what would you say kind of the top three skills you gained, Ooh. you know, after working together that now you realize that it, it attributed to attracting this guy and also carrying it through into the relationship? Yeah. Okay. I would say rule number one that you gave me was have fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I live in San Francisco and one of my guy friends uses a phrase for the single women he tries to meet. It's called the San Francisco stink eye where he's from Texas, I guess, where there's a little bit more flirting going on. Mm -hmm. And he said, wow, I can't even, I don't even feel comfortable approaching women sometimes because I get the San Francisco stink eye. So I think Rule number one, have fun, mm-hmm. invite people open. It, there is that, uh, just have the open body language, be open to a scenario. It's not like you're finding your love match that one time you're out. Um, strike strike up a conversation and just get more used to that. Yeah, I can't imagine the San Francisco stink eye going with the rusting bitch face. I, that's a <laughs> horrible picture. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Why would you, why would you want anybody to pick up on you? Mm -hmm. Um, I think the second one is um, also wonderful for my life in general is I think along with being open is Mm -hmm. being positive in the conversation. Oh, yes. And yeah, I have an MBA. I enjoy talking about business. That was the one thing where I said, okay, I'm going to tone that down and not get right into like this geeky stuff that this <laughs> other, the guy might be into because of his job or his work, if he's in finance or, or um, technology. And so I toned that down a little bit, but it was just talking about things that I had positive reactions to and that were honest. I, I mean, I wasn't faking it, but, oh, I, oh, I love, um, like the, I could still incorporate some geeky things like, oh, I love the star Wars movies, something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. funny enough, my now fiance does say that one of the things he noticed about me 
then was my positive energy. And I'll tell you, when I first started with Kim, it was it was San Francisco stink. I manifested it was not positive energy. So I laugh because I do tell him, well, I wasn't always like this. And he says he's glad he didn't know me back then because we probably would not have had second dates. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. Really good one. Yeah. I forgot about that. Well, and I mentioned in the intro about the negativity and it's so easy to feel negative when things just aren't working, you know, and then it's like a rabbit hole. But I also think even the way that you, you process and, and some of the pre-programming that we talked about is, you know, it wasn't a way that you kind of talked internally, you know, and having that like positive conversation with yourself and then how that translates to other people was so crucial in that process. Yeah. You really improved in that area. I know that was a huge one. And you gave me specific exercises and work, which I won't go into detail here. You'll have to call Kim for that. Um, that, <laughs> that helped me build that. It wasn't, it was not like you just verbally told me to do it and like, let's talk next week. So right. um, that, that helped really with how I process and wanted to learn new skills. Mm, love that. Did you have a third one? Uh, I'm trying to think of the third one. I do think it is like invest a little bit more in how I look Yeah, and it's less, it's less about getting the guy, but I do realize that I was tying that to some aspect of Mm -hmm. self-respect. Other friends of mine have no problem spending a lot of budget on the latest clothes. They keep up with fashion. And I think what I realized for me, there was a tiny underlying message there, which is like, I wasn't worth it. Yeah. And I had to realize, gosh, darn, I am worth it. And if anything, there are things that go on sale and once in a while, Marie Kondo wise, if you really love it mm-hmm. then get it, because if you love it and it looks great on you, and if you wait for it to go on sale, it's not going to be in your size um, or, or it's just never going to go on sale. So I think knowing my, I have more conservative spending styles when it mm-hmm. came to clothing. Um, I do think I established a budget so I wouldn't go too crazy but just being open to breaking old patterns I had about just look for stuff on sale, just look at athletic stuff or athleisure wear and just owning. Yeah, I guess that kind of looks good on me. Um, And having the voice of Kim in my head with the clothing and fashion tips that she gave me um, to slowly get better at making decisions on my own. I'm still not great at that just yet, but I'm definitely, I've made leaps and bounds. You have, and you know, (laughs) again, such a good metaphor to the other areas of your life. You know, what shows up in one area is often just a reflection of other things that are going on. And that, that value that you put on yourself. It's so true. And I had, I mean, people know my story when I was the schlumpy mom and I also wasn't, you know, looking at clothes as something that I should be spending a lot of money on. But when you do spend something on yourself and it's what you just said, like not waiting for the sale that goes even beyond that. Like it's like waiting for something 
like, or I'll stay with this guy maybe because there might not be something better out there. Like it's the same Mm -hmm. kind of feeling. And when you step up and say, you know what? I like it. I want it. I'm going to get it just like you would a guy. Cause it's like being in your power, knowing what you want and what you deserve. So that was just like, that that was a super powerful thing that you just said. Really, it's beyond the clothes. (laughs) So anyway, all right. Well, I know like everyone's just waiting to hear your story. So then tell us a little bit about how you met your man. Like, so you, you, you did all this work and that, you know, kind of bringing us to the point of when you met him and where you are now. Yes. And I will also say, Kim, you did help me with flirting advice, not just in real time, but in the world of apps, because I had challenges with that too. And so I know I would read you some of the things they wrote to me. And I said, here's what I'm thinking of writing back. And, and by that time you were able, you were comfortable enough to say, God, no, do it this way. And I did kind of at first say, oh my gosh, because (laughs) it was, it was so not me, but then I, again, the science part of me said, okay, let's try it. It's definitely more flirtatious. And there's other tips that you gave and whoa, it got a response and it, we toned it. So it was authentic to myself. Um, Love that. I forgot. Yeah. I do play Cyrano de Bergiac with many, many of my clients, but it really is to help you get your own dialogue and practice at it because right. Like if you're not used to talking that way and it yeah. feels super triggering to say something that feels like, Oh my God, <laughs> like I do remember that response, but knowing that it's all for fun, it's all playfulness. Yes. I could tell like you're it. like, Hey, let's just do this and have fun. And I said, okay, okay. I'm, I'm along for the ride. Um, so I, so I was using one of the dating apps. Um, and so with him, he is in an occupation that in my past, I immediately just ruled out. Uh, I'm in technology. He's in a role in an occupation that's also in technology. And that was in the past door shut all the time. Swipe left, forget about it. But Mm -hmm. because I was working with Kim, be open, be open. And I looked at the photos, I'm like, okay, but he's this, got this job. And I swipe right. Um, so uh, actually, no, he he did contact me and I decided to accept and do the correct swiping. And so, yeah, he we had a phone conversation. I, rule number two was positive attitude, positive vibes, and just talking about stuff I liked versus things that I thought were lame or I didn't Mm -hmm. like. Right. And then we finally met up at uh, a place for drinks in the local neighborhood, just one drink. And uh, it was funny because the second date almost didn't happen. (laughs) And I'll say why uh, there was one time near the end as we were winding down where uh, this bar also had some televisions in it and there was a basketball game on and he got momentarily distracted by that. And the <laughs> thoughts in my head, it was two thoughts. It's either uh, based on insecurity for me, which is, oh gosh, he doesn't like me. And it's a hint that he wants to wind down this date. 
And then that conflicted with San Francisco side eye person, which is darn it, I'm not being treated respectfully here. So I'm going to finish this date in the bud. Um, But the voice of Kim was there. She was on my shoulder. uh, And I hope I was the angel. You were the angel. (laughs) Yes, you were the angel. And have fun. Be open. Don't just shut the door. And uh, yeah, so from them on, he led the way with asking um, for subsequent more dates and dinner dates. And uh, yeah, so that was about three years ago. Mm. Oh, my God. How how did he feel different than like some of the guys in the past? Ah, Well, first off, it was showing first off, he didn't fit the stereotype that I thought his job um, people in his job were like. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that was already intriguing. Uh, he's a wonderful listener. And I think he's probably reacting to my positive attitude. And it's just this virtuous cycle that was happening. So I think um, a great listener. And I will say on the practical side, he made me lunch one time. He packed a lunch when we went uh, hiking. That was one of the dates. And of course, I love food being in San Francisco. There's all these options. And I think that that is just very thoughtful. Mm. <laughs> and it was a good sandwich. And it was a good sandwich. <laughs> oh, you've had bad sandwiches before. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I'm sure he's more than a good sandwich. And I, yes. I know this because we've talked about it. And you attracted this great guy because you became a better version of you that attracted that version, right? Like you said, it's like, like attracts like, and, and some, and someone you deserve. And I, I would love to have you give some advice to people listening. Cause I think so (laughs) many people get into that picky zone, you know, that you are describing where, and it's often common when you don't have maybe a lot of dating experience in the past, which I know that you and I had talked about because it's almost like you're this adolescent in an older body and you're like, Oh, well, he's cute. That one's cute. You know, or here's the job that I want in my guy and that kind of thing. And to look beyond the shiny object, I know was an evolution, but part of it was just gaining experience. So I'd love to hear like, kind of like that evolution for yourself. I think it was a combination of the being open, exude that positive energy. And that was fake it till you make it. And it started becoming much easier and easier. I think the other thing I had to just eventually realize in life is I cannot own whatever that person is thinking. I can just put my best foot forward out there and no amount of analysis or overthinking or ruminating is really going to help change whether or not he's responsive to me if he ghosts me, if he's just delayed, if he's dating other people, if he's a total flake. Um, And so I would say the dating realization I had there is be open um, and be in touch with your own feelings as to how this person's making you feel. Mm. And if you're becoming annoyed, just, just kind of maybe assess what is it that's making it annoying? Is it something that Kim might call like a pink flag? Is it a really red flag? Or is it a self-protection flag of your own that you're putting up? Mm. Because there's different nuances. There's genuinely bad dates 
There's others that could be due to self-protection. Um, you don't know where this person is at in their life, in their experiences, in their family of origins. And so even if you are doing everything Kim is saying, there's going to be some ones sometimes where things happen and things go awry, but just pick yourself up and go back into it. If you need a break, give yourself a break. Um, I think just continue to have hope. I, separating hope from expectations um, was also mm. very good. Like I can always have hope, but maybe I can go in with n- not really any expectations, but I can always have hope. Ooh, that's so good. You should, you should podcast. That was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love you, Les. And, and well, and along these notes, and this would be kind of like the, the parting words, because I, I think there's so many people to either you know, you listening, you might be scared. It might um, feel like, well, it's just, you know, there's not the great guys or the great gals out there that, that are my type or, you know, whatever objection might be going on. What would you say to help people who are thinking about coaching to, to hop on a call or to start thinking about it? Cause I know for you, it was really hard. Like it was an evolution for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, if you're hesitant, where is the hesitancy around? Is around mm-hmm. trusting someone you don't know because um, you haven't worked with Kim before? Is it is it fear of being told to change something that deep down you're not yet ready to change? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I find that with some of my friends. Like this is the year they're going to make changes. Nope, they don't want to change that thing that that maybe a Kim would recommend. And so really, I think I was at the point where, um, Kim, you stood with me after I argued myself out. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, darn it. Okay. I'm going to give it a try. And, and, um, the, the exercises and the toolkits and the way you talked about it and framed it for my specific scenario, I could tell it was customized for me. And so I think for people to realize like, are you truly open to this change right now? Yeah. Is it going to be scary? Yeah. Um, Kim really does care. She does listen. She will craft a custom toolkit for you and she's not going to make it too, so scary that it's going to be traumatic for you. I I think Mm -hmm. you're going to learn that Kim really does care and she might, she's going to nudge a little bit, but she can, she, she can sense if it's too much or too little. Oh, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like getting teary. No, this Aww. is seriously, that means the world. And just the fact, I mean, of, of course, having this beautiful man in your life and you're about to get married is a whole other like phase, right. <laughs> of a relationship beyond that, just, just see you grow as a person and like just the confidence, you know, that also grew with it is, is just awesome. And I so enjoyed getting to know you working with you and yeah, it, it, it's really cool. And I, you know, I would say too, I rem- I'll hold those boxing gloves, you know, in my hands. <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of them because, you know, you might need them if you're in a dark alley. You never know. <laughs> but, you know, one one step at a time. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. I think you inspired a lot of people today. Absolutely. 
And thanks for joining me today. You listening, this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, of course, Kimmy Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, to see more ways I can help you learn how to date, how to find love. Just hop on a call with me like I did with Liz at first. It just starts with a call. I'll hold your boxing gloves. I promise I won't get rid of them. And all you have to do is click the link that you see in the show description. And who knows, maybe you will be the next success story on my podcast after your first call. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. That's all for now. 